listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Episode 87 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. I'm Garage Guy Chase. Uh, we have a new special guest on the show tonight. Um, it is Mr. Drew Dean. And for those of you that don't know Drew, he uh, is a new part of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports team. Drew, how you doing, man? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, Chase. Um, I know it was uh, quite the coincidence running into you at Talladega. Yes. I uh, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. So so before we really kind of dive into anything, we'll just kind of talk a little bit about backstory with Drew. So I went to Talladega back in April. A lot of you have seen the, uh, the Garage Guys Talladega video where we went out to the track. We checked out the uh, what happens behind the scenes and just basically through the whole weekend. So race day had came up in Dega. And I was going up towards the, uh, where they do the driver intros and ended up running into these two guys. One of them had a Kyler Murray, uh, Jersey on with the number one and like the draft that just <laughs> happened like two days before. And I'm like, Holy shit. Where, like, how did you get that Jersey that fast? And this, uh, turned out to be your buddy, Austin, which is uh, another awesome dude. Shout out Austin. Um, and then I met you as well and we got to talking, you know, and you know, we're kind of like asking what was going on and shit. And you, uh, that's when I found out you were actually into fantasy sports and the whole reason that you were at Talladega was because of fantasy sports. So Drew is actually, I, I, I wouldn't like, I'm going to like loosely label it, but we'll go ahead and say Drew is the DFS guru. Um, maybe we'll, we'll start calling you DFS guru Drew on the show <laughs> we'll try to like really like stack it up. But uh, Drew knows his shit with DFS, and that's one of the major reasons we are bringing him onto the Garage Guys team. Um, he is going to be our guy that is going to have all the knowledge for all of our listeners come fantasy football season. And his specialty just so happens to be one sport that goes vroom, vroom, and zoom, zoom, and that's NASCAR, which was uh, the main reason you were there, actually, correct? Absolutely. I was actually there um... – Got the tickets from DraftKings and happened to run into you, like you said. Austin had the Kyler Murray jersey on, and correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong, but you had the uh, what was the goat shirt you had on? Yeah. So shout out to one of our sponsors, Official Goat Gear. You can head over to officialgoatgear.com right now. Use promo code Garage, save ten percent off your order. Yeah, it was the uh, the Official Goat Gear uh, number three legend shirt so it wasn't legend it was the ghost shirt so we uh i teamed up with official goat gear we had made two uh racing tees 
which uh, official goat gear, if you haven't seen their shirts, you know uh, that they're basically a goat that is a color of a certain team for, you know, whether it be, you know, football, basketball, baseball, whatever, or even uh, racing. And so they had the three and the 24 with the two shirts released. They're still online. You can go there and get them now. Uh, promo code garage is good for everything, by the way. But yeah, uh, I, it was, I got a lot of uh, compliments about that shirt when we were at that race. Absolutely. I know it was uh, the first thing that caught our attention and, you know, you were extremely hot, uh, extremely nice to me and Austin letting us come back there. I was hot. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, man. I wouldn't go go that far, but if you want to, hey, it's it's 2019. You can say that type stuff. There we go. Why not? uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, But but no, it was a great time hanging out with you. we yeah. were running on two hour. We were running on two hours sleep, coming from a bachelor party. Um, That's the real story, I, right there. You guys, are yeah, because like it takes a lot. Like Talladega, like uh, people that never been there, it takes a lot of shit out of you. So like you're just like drained by the end of the weekend. Like you don't want to do anything. So for you guys to come there after bachelor party, that kind of a of an environment, and like barely getting any sleep, and being out there on the track and just like killing it like all day, you guys, I would have never been able to tell. So you guys are. You hold your own very good. Yeah, absolutely. We couldn't pass up the free tickets, even though we were on a bachelor party. Oh, uh, hell no. Like, dude, and that's, uh, even, that's, the, that's the best part of it, though, is that you were there on DraftKings Dime, which is amazing. And that, and that you can only get those kind of perks if you're fucking good at what you do. So that is main reason we got you here. We're happy to have you on board, Drew. And uh, I know we got a lot of uh, great stuff to, uh, to unfold for – for you and for our listeners and winning some cash moolah come football season and even through NASCAR as uh, the season plays out now. Um, before we kick off, this is the quarterback episode, and we are brought to you by Roto Baller. Uh, head over to rotoballer.com right now. You all know by now you hear this ad every week because it's just what it is. You can go subscribe to the premium NASCAR content uh, from articles from me, Dan Dobish, Sean Engel, and Scott Engel. Uh, the premium content you can get for a discount if you use promo code GARAGE, and that's at Roto Baller. And that is our fantasy sports site of choice. So you already know what it is, Roto Baller, your number one fantasy articles everywhere for Garage Guys. Got you. I've been, I've been feeling the Stephen A. talk. Should I change the vibe up? Should, should I keep doing, like, the slow speaking? I think you should keep it up. I think it should. I just, I, was like, I don't know if I want to. I don't know. I try it out for a minute. So I'm just going to go ahead and move on from that. Just make but, uh, sure you do the Stephen A. Uh, do the Stephen A. Stay off the weed. Stay, stay off, off the weed. The weed. All right. I'm done, with my, I'm done with my pausing and my talking. So this is the quarterback episode. Um, we're going to be discussing every quarterback from all 32 NFL teams, fantasy relevant ones. We're giving our opinions, the way garage guys do it. Um, not going to sit here and go balls deep in stats. We're just going to have a normal conversation about what we feel about these quarterbacks and how they can impact your fantasy team. Um, before we do get started going through the quarterbacks, so there are a couple of things to bring up from this past week in the sports world. And since we got uh, one of the hottest DFS players for NASCAR in the game right now on the show and a part of the uh, Garage fam, Let's go ahead and talk about that finish in Kentucky. Uh, Kurt Busch took the victory over a little bro. Uh, it was fucking amazing. 
shout out Bubba Wallace for causing that last caution and for giving us don't say that Chase. <laughs> don't. <laughs> shout yeah, out. Bubba Wallace cost me a lot of uh, money Ooh. Uh, oh yeah. okay so it was that kind of weekend for you yeah yep rough stuff well shout out Bubba Wallace for the fans because <laughs> um, that was the best finish I feel like I've seen in a long time in the sport and, and like that's the kind of shit that the sport needs right now so for those of you that didn't watch uh Bubba Wallace uh he had uh, I think he blew a tire uh came down the track threw the caution out Kurt was in fourth and uh, Kyle I think was leading um next thing you know Kurt Busch comes out of nowhere and like I had this gut feeling that Kurt was going to do really well um I didn't think he was actually going to win this race though which was incredible because the way that him and Kyle battled it out um, was just something that I have. I feel like it was like that. It was almost like that same quality, like of feeling you would get when you were a kid, like watching Gordon and Earnhardt. Like it was because it was just edgy or, you know, thinking of like another one, like watching uh, Jimmy Johnson and, and Jeff Gordon, like um, we really haven't had a rival or anything like that. But, like, that's kind of the closest thing I feel like NASCAR has to, like, a rivalry right now, like, is, like, a pure one because of them being brothers. So that always brings out, like, a little more oomph to the fight at the end of a race. So seeing Kurt Busch win that was was epic. Um, he was my uh, – he was one of my drivers uh, – driver picks for my Rotoball article for Kentucky. So and were, were you were you that high on Kurt Busch? at all no i have to admit you had you had me on that one i remember texting you right before the race and you yeah. said you were high on kurt bush and i uh i kind of had a disagreement there just because of how um close you know i think he was starting third when he started the race and i didn't fourth. i didn't like that fourth yeah. i didn't like how up front he was starting and i like some guys starting further back and turns out there in the final lap there's kurt bush so yep gotta believe right where you started um so, yeah, it was just a great finish overall. Uh, Fantasy-wise, um, definitely Kurt got you the points you wanted. And Eric Jones was another one finished third. Um, I had him written down. And then Jimmy and Brad K kind of screwed me. Those are my other two guys. But, I mean, you know, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. But uh, it was just for the fans and just for being a pure fan of NASCAR, it was just a fucking great finish, man. And it's everywhere. If you got social media, you type in NASCAR, Kentucky Speedway, and you can find that and watch that finish. I feel like it should really be talked about a lot more than it is. Definitely. And how about Eric Jones uh, needing that finish at, pl at place third there? I mean, I think that was huge for him. Oh, definitely. You can, and, and, like, I feel like, you know, we, we've seen him pop up in little bits. Like, obviously, he's good at Texas. But, like, him coming through Kentucky like that was solid just pure solid because like I yeah. just he was one of those those guys he's like he's always kind of a toss-up you know but like you really start you're really starting to see like you know him being on Joe Gibbs and he I don't think he wants to be classified as like you know the worst driver there which I mean he's kind of in that spot I guess you would say like compared to like Hamlin or like Truex and definitely Kyle so he's kind of in that awkward position so he's out there trying to make a name for himself so it was just huge for him so uh yeah yeah, big Definitely. shout out for big shout out for the man himself. And uh, one more thing we got to cover. We talked about this before before we go to quarterbacks. Um, just kind of we haven't done a Netflix show of the week in a minute, so we're gonna go ahead and do it early in the show so that we can just give you quarterbacks the rest of the way. So 
Here we go. Netflix show of the week. Okay, so everybody has seen Stranger Things by now, I'm hoping. You're a Stranger Things fan, Drew, correct? Spoiler alert. We're about to talk about it. Oh, you heard it there. <laughs> you heard it from him first. Yeah, so um, I, I finished up Stranger Things 3, and I, I was about to cry. It was, uh, it was a sad moment. I would think that was probably one of the more, more saddening, saddening endings that I've ever seen from that show. Yeah, I would agree. I feel like they were in some way heading towards a possible ending and then they just reopened the door right at the end. Did you feel that way? Yeah. So this is what's fucked up. Uh, I had a a buddy of mine that was watching the show, actually Jordan. Shout out Jordan. He's off there somewhere out there. We'll see when you get back. Follow him somewhere this week. Um, So Jordan was telling me you need to watch past the credits and I haven't gotten around to it yet. Did you watch all the way through the credits? Yes. So I watched it. I don't want to say anything else about it because I want you to watch it. Okay. So we're going to leave that one out. I'm definitely going to watch it after this. But Stranger Things 3, season 3, did not disappoint. This is a couple of things I noticed from it. First thing, um, did you notice that they had like a a different type of filter on some shots? Uh, It was like a really retro 80s filter. They didn't previously have that in seasons 1 and 2. Really? I didn't notice that. So if you, if you watch some scenes like um, basically like when they're like in the mall or like um, when like Steve is, is in there talking to uh, I, her name escapes me right now. Uh, the scoop troop chick, blonde chick. Um, I can't think of her name, but when they're talking like in the mall, they have a couple scenes like that. You can, you, you just see it's like kind of grainy. And I picked that out on a couple of episodes and that was something I noticed they didn't do in one and two. So you haven't noticed that at all? No, I didn't notice that, but it's one of those shows to me that I'm not watching. I'm watching because it's a fun show, right? I'm not analyzing it like other shows. Uh, It's just a really good show to have on. Um, But I didn't notice that piece of it. I love that. I did have some thoughts though. I think they should have more of that. What are your thoughts? I thought Billy was great this season playing his role. I know anytime you can make me hate you, you're probably doing a good job. And Billy was able to do that. Oh, facts. See, for me, it's different though, because it's like, you don't really hate Billy. Like you hate, you hate the, the monster itself. It's the monster the whole time. But like, yeah, it's like, I, I hate it. Spoiler alert. Stop. Don't listen to this. If you haven't watched it yet, I'm warning you, I'm going to say something that you don't want to hear if you haven't watched it. So, I hate that he died. Yeah, I feel like he was a character that they're gonna struggle to replace. Big time. Um, like he it was yeah. not it was not time for him to go. Like I obviously I haven't looked into the stories of it yet. Maybe he couldn't recommit like the actor himself, but the character, dude, like the, he's just like that that eighties badass. You know what I mean? That like just does like yeah. some, some fucking wild shit. And like I feel like he was a great addition. Like like season two, oh my god. Like, dude was killing the game. He's just yeah, like out there think, fucking moms and shit. Like, he, just, he don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> for, for a little while, I thought they were going to show us something that didn't belong on Stranger Things, but they uh, they didn't take that route. Uh, I'm talking about the early scenes where she was at the pool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How, about, how about Nancy Wheeler's mom? Oh, Karen. Yeah. What a yeah. tramp. She was about to really get down and dirty with that dude. 
do some some yeah some what was her aerobics. excuse what was her excuse did she say that she just thought about it too much i remember she tried to go talk to him in the showers and tell him that she wasn't i can't remember um, what she told so her reasoning behind why she wasn't gonna meet up with him yeah she was like all, all i remember is in the early in the ep, in the, the season she was like getting ready to go out she was like getting all jazzy and shit and then like she right. just sees her husband like asleep um right I don't remember what, but I mean, it didn't, it didn't matter anyway. Like, right, right. <laughs> I mean, he got yeah. bad. He was drinking chemicals by the time she came to tell him some shit. Right. I think, man, with that show, I just feel like for the most part, Dustin, uh, Steve and Hopper kind of carry the show. And then Billy's kind of the, the next guy for me. But those three people to me just kind of carry the show. I don't know about you. Spoiler alert. Don't listen to this if you don't want to hear something that's bad and you haven't watched the show yet because I'm about to tell you. Uh, losing Hopper was the worst for me. Um, do you? Yep. Did, did he get shut off? At, like, okay, so I watched it. I immediately am thinking, like, you know, I was, I, I'm not going to lie. I was in the cloud when I was watching the last episode. So, like, like, right there at the tail end, like, I just, like, saw it and, like, I was upset. But then my wife is just, like, my wife thought that, that he got closed up in the portal. She was like, Oh, he'll be back. I'm like, nah, he, he died. Like he exploded into like a million pieces. And she was like, what? I was like, yeah. I was like, he's gone. What if, what if yeah. somehow he, he did get sucked into a portal though? You uh, probably need to watch the, <laughs> yeah. watch the credits. Cause I think they kind of opened the door. It would have to be, in, you know, Hopper's a big guy, right? He's got some pounds on him, but he had, he would have to be moving pretty quick get through that uh yeah that portal there i definitely need to watch i need to watch the end of it i feel i feel like a yeah. bad fan because i haven't like done that yet i'm surprised you turned it off yeah honestly. Like it was, i thought it was just over and i'm like well gotta wait till season four shit so. i was of the same opinion of you that i think hopper was such a key character that they almost can't lose him you know Right, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be different. Like if he is really gone, like it's I don't know, but they're always gonna find a way to entertain us. Like the best part of the show was when Dustin and Susie were started singing that fucking song. Like I still want to make like some fucking videos of like just like that song playing and dancing in random areas of like towns and cities. I don't know why, but <laughs> just like fucking with the never-ending story, ha ha. That shit was fucking hilarious, dude. That made I feel like that was a huge, like a big key component of the last episode. <laughs> like this monster is just like chasing this car, and they're just on this fucking this radio, just singing this this, this fucking wild ass song. It was hilarious, definitely, and I'm, especially for the people that grew up in the eighties. For that, oh my one. god, you know, that was a, that was a, a great scene for them. Staple, so, staple. So much of so much of that show is like nostalgia, kind of like Toy Story. It is. Know? It's just a big piece of the show. I think that's why it has so much success. Whatever flaws the show has, you kind of overlook because it's just a fun show. Exactly. And another big thing, it's huge for a new genre of music that like I actually like like a lot. I talk about it from time to time. But our retro wave music, uh, a lot of good musicians are coming up. And like I've always said, like I feel like retro wave music is going to be a huge part of the of like when 2020 comes, like for the 20s. I think that it's going to be like the it's going to be a pretty big pop and genre at the, in the time because like MGK just released an album, and his opening intro is like retro wave style music. It's fucking nuts for MGK to integrate that into his album. 
shit blew me away. And it just kind of like further proved my theory that like, I think that that music's really going to grab hold to like a lot of the, uh, the bigger genres like rap is the number one genre in our country basically right now in the world probably. And, um, so for them to like start kind of like latching onto the retro wave, I think if more artists do that, it's going to be huge. And I think stranger things opened a huge door to kind of normalize that genre. Yeah. Especially if you're established, why not, why not try something different? Cause people will always return back to what they liked about you. So Big I don't time. see why don't, why they don't try it. Shout out the midnight shout out gunship to, to the pillars in the, in the music. If you haven't heard them yet, definitely check them out. Good shit. Um, all right. Let's do what, what, what we're, everyone's here for. Positional episode, quarterbacks. All right, so I'm, I'm sure we can we, – we can we all guess, like, what could happen in DFS. But, I mean, most importantly, it's draft time. It's, uh, it's time to figure out who you want to be the backbone of your team. Um, the guy that's slinging the rock. Very important. A lot of people out there love to either pair, you know, at least one receiver with their quarterback. I think it's always a great strategy. Should always have a connection. I think connections are dope. And uh, it it's almost takes the luster out of it for me if I have a quarterback in my fantasy league and I have no, no receivers that are, like, attached to him. How do you feel on that? I go both ways. I prefer making it a priority more on DFS than season long. But yeah. that doesn't mean that – I don't do it in season long. I um, Basically, my overall strategy in season long is try to take advantage of my draft position and letting people make mistakes. So if I have the opportunity to stack a QB and receiver, I take it. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's always going to work out that way. Yeah, like so. somebody, somebody misses somebody. In one year. Yeah, I, I completely understand that. I mean, I actually have one team where I didn't get to have any connection as far as a receiver or tight end. And it's a uh, – I've, I've done it a couple of times in the past, but like, I just prefer not to, but I mean, it's just, it's always makes it a little more fun and it makes it a little more, I feel like for me, it's just kind of like, it's one more reason to kind of like focus more on one game than all of them on Sundays when you're watching red zone, like you might have two TVs, one specifically for one game, whatever. But um, the, the elephant in the room, Patrick Mahomes, everyone is talking about him having a 55 uh, touchdown season. Do you think that that is uh, that's fair, or do you think that there's a possibility of a sophomore slump? I, I was torn on what I would say about this. I knew this would be the first QB we would uh, oh, discuss. Absolutely. How could you not after last year? Um, man, for me, I'm not doubting the talent um, or any of the intangibles or anything Patrick Mahomes, character, you know, et cetera. For me, it just seems like he's bound to regress a little bit. But I guess the counter argument to that is we don't know what the normal is for him. What if that's the normal? Right? Right. I'm 100% on board with you there. Like, so, I mean, last year, I actually waited to draft the quarterback last, and I took him in one of my leagues. And it was the best decision I ever made in my life. Um, because normally for me, when everybody is so, like, hard-pressed that somebody's going to be bad, I just get this gut feeling they're going to be good. And I, I, that's just something that's been a part of me. And, like, you know, nine times out of ten in my life, that's paid off. So, I mean, I have a pretty good pretty good uh, record going right now for that. But there is this little bit of doubt that I have uh, for him. Like, because now I feel like when he was going in, he had no pressure. He had everything to prove. 
now he set a president. You know what I mean? Like, so he's got this president precedent set now, and he, everyone's expecting this of him. I think he can follow through, but I don't think that it's it's going to be the same as last year. And I think that people need to, to understand that he, because I mean, there were some stuff that he did that it, it, although it's incredible, I feel like him being his biggest, you know, critic, he's going to be trying to fix little things here and there about himself. And normally for, you know, a, I guess you can't really say he's a rookie quarterback for him being, you know, so new and coming into this, I feel like he's going to be a little more critical of himself just in a nutshell. And that can normally translate to, you know, mistakes being made. Yeah, I definitely think, I definitely think that there's a case for that. I think he possibly would play more interceptions, but more than anything, I just, I just feel like this season, this past season was an outlier and it's nothing against him. I think he'll have a spectacular season. I just don't know if it's really – you can even call it likely that he could replicate that. I mean, you got the speculation about Tyreek Hill, for one, and then you have right. Chris, Conley, Chris Conley leaving. So, there is some, some adjustment there. I think a lot of pressures would be on Kelsey. And so, I actually – I love I love the run game, but not what everyone's thinking. I'm not so high on Damian. I'm a little more high on Carlos. I think Carlos Hyde's going to be a great addition to that offense. So there's there, there's changes there. There's change, but anytime a run, running back comes into Kansas City, they normally they just shine. Like there's always something. Like it's like it's like they have like endless like good running backs. There's been so many years, and we talked about it on the running back episode. You can go back and listen to it. But there's just been so many years of like great RBs, and like for Carlos to be there, like he's definitely at that point in his career. He's like feels like people's forgotten about him, and I mean they should. I mean he's been played pretty poorly. I think this could be a turning point for him. Kelsey is going to do Kelsey. If Hill only has a four-game suspension, then I think he's going to be close to where he was last year. If if at where he was or maybe a little bit below. I just don't think a 55-touchdown season is going to happen. I hate to be right negative about it. No, I'm right there with you. Like I said, it's going to be a spectacular season, but I know the – Speaking into the future here for daily fantasy, yeah. I know the the price is going to be the price is going to be jacked up, super tremendously high. high on him. Like literally, like first game of the like, what? How how much did he cut? Was he like a what a five thousand dollar quarterback or a four thousand dollar quarterback the first game last season? Right. You know exactly, and I think he'll. That's be, how you win big money, right there. <laughs> exactly, and I'll be sitting back taking some of the boring old quarterbacks instead of paying for the overpriced Patrick Mahomes, for example. So beautiful. And nothing, def- nothing to do with the nothing to knock him. I don't want to, I kind of want to be. No, sure. hell no. He's earned his spot. Yeah. He's definitely the QB one. You definitely got to go. Right. For him. You know what he can do. And I'm not saying he's not a QB one um, or the first QB that should be taken off the board by any means. He's definitely earned that. I just don't think the 55 touchdown season is coming. It's still going to be a right. great year though. And he's still got good receivers. So as long as Tyreek, Gets back in there. Kelsey's going to do Kelsey. It's going to be close to the same story we saw last year, just maybe with a couple little changes here and yep. there. Um, the next quarterback that's gained a shitload of buzz, I don't even feel like we should talk about this this guy right here because I, I know one quarterback that I like ahead of him, but just kind of moving over to the Browns, the big buzz of the young bucks, Baker Mayfield has really come onto the scene hard. Um, and now with Odell Beckham uh, in the mix with Jarvis and, you know, 
Uh, Antonio Callaway is probably going to take a little bit of a back seat now. David uh, Njoku and Nick Chubb in the backfield and Kareem coming around week 10 uh, or week nine. Baker, for me, is the guy that I'm – I'm a, I'm the guy that takes a quarterback later. I've found myself drafting him, like, around, like, the fifth or the sixth round. Really? Well, yes. we're going to have to disagree there. It's to be our first disagreement of the night. Um, Beautiful. I, I just, love this. Oh. <laughs> I'm not doubting the weapons around him. Um, I just tend to, to go with a more proven guy, honestly. It's nothing to do with, with Baker. You want some established – I got you. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just kind of how I roll. But I mean, I think the Browns as as a whole, and specifically Baker Mayfield, are kind of going to be the fantasy football darlings of the year, right? Oh, Everyone's going to be talking Big about facts. them. So when everyone else is doing that, I'm going to try to look for other opportunity because I feel like it's it's just kind of going to be out there. Um, now, if he falls to you and you have an opportunity to pick him up at a spot where I don't think he's going to fall to you. That's the thing. He's so popular right now that I don't think he's, yeah, he's going to have the opportunity to get him. He's the next so. – he's, he's not – I wouldn't say the next after Patrick Mahomes, but he's, he's hot on the block. And um, just with the receiving core is what's really sparked it all. And, I mean, I, the, the reason I like Baker is and, – and everybody knows that I've, I sometimes can make unorthodox decisions, things that are just like you wouldn't normally do. I love the dude's confidence. The dude has that cocky confidence about himself. He's, you know, he's not afraid to speak his, his mind. That right there automatically translates to me is just like he's not going to let anybody, like, get in his head. And when you got a quarterback yeah. that doesn't let people get in their head, you've got, you've got a weapon. Right. I think I'm with you. I like the confidence. I want him to succeed. I just question the decision making a little bit, which should not which should not affect you too much in fantasy. Depending on your league, you know, interceptions aren't gonna kill you. Um, I just said typical is like negative year. one or negative two points, I think is the typical Right, right. It shouldn't kill you, but I remember, you know, specifically watching I watched almost every game last year for Baker and there were several times where you're wondering why he's even throwing it into double, triple coverage. But maybe, you know, obviously Odell and, and Jarvis is Probably as good as it gets. So, yeah, and I mean, I think that they're going to help him work the kinks out too. I think that they're going to help him progress in his game because now he's got these like, you know, he had Jarvis last year, but adding Odell to the mix is like, you know, dude's dude's a stone cold killer. Like he is going to try to make sure that he brings the best out in his quarterback as well. Um, I mean, I think that's ultimately one of the biggest reasons why he's not there um, in in New York anymore because he, I guess, he couldn't communicate or he couldn't connect with Eli anymore obviously. And that had to have been on a uh, more of a mental level than physically out there playing level, you know? So it's uh, and, and Baker feels like, I feel like he's well, like, you know, receptive to like, you know, learning and, uh, you know, especially anything that comes with like on the field stuff from another position where they, they could help his team out because he is put, he put Cleveland on his back, dude. And he's like basically the new LeBron of that town. So yeah. Do you and have I, him ranked number two, QB? I no, no. <laughs> Hell no. I don't have him ranked number okay. two. He's uh he he's definitely like in the top he's in my top five. I'll say that. Personally, um I would probably have to go ahead and just straight up say that I have him ranked as like my number three right now. 
I'm wow. going to go ahead and just be honest. Yeah, he's my he's my three. <clears throat> so you're all aboard the hype train. I yeah, it. I'm all in. I I'm all in on him. Um, and I mean, I get where you can be coming from as well. I mean, I, especially from a nerve standpoint, maybe. But it's just I, I don't feel like there's anything you can really do at this point to break Baker Mayfield. He's on top of the world, dude. That kind of shit translates into some fucking phenomenal play. You look at Tom Brady and his mindset. His mindset's been one of the biggest things that have carried him through his career. And when you got that, man, and you don't, you know, let little shit get in your head or mistakes you make get in your head, and you just bounce back week to week, you're going to fucking kill it always. Yeah. Yep. I agree with all these points, just not where you're ranking them. So. All right. That's fine. That's fine. This is good, though. This is good. <laughs> where, where, where would you have him ranked? Man, I don't have my exact ranking set in front of me right here, but I know for a fact I'd have off, – Off the dome. Off the dome. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have Matt Ryan ahead of him. I have – um, Aaron Rodgers ahead of him. Facts. I have Deshaun Watson ahead of him. Okay. And then that might be it. Maybe Andrew Luck. That's a tough one. Yeah. So, I mean, all those guys are definitely, like, around, like, the same area. There's no doubt about that. But I just – I have him at three. Before that, though, um, go ahead and move to our next guy, Aaron Rodgers. He's my number two. Um, Rodgers has a massive chip on his shoulder. And I love that because he's the type of guy, he gets angry and he's fucking cocky. You put him out there. I, I've already announced that Devontae Adams is my wide receiver one out of all the wide receivers in my top ten. Like, I have him ranked, like, fifth, like, overall out of everybody. That's Now, that's probably wild for you. Probably weren't ready for that unless you saw him. Yeah, I'm not as high there either. but I got that dude over Nook, bro, and I'm confident with it. Ooh. Yep, disagreement number two. Maybe the we'll get used to the, we'll get used to the disagreement. But well, we only we only got one more positional episode to do next week, so we'll, we can get into that for sure. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so like Aaron Rodgers coming back this year. Just after that, I mean, dude, he's been king of the North forever now. Um, Mitchell Trubisky and the the Bears defense step steps in. Should I just say the Bears defense steps in? Should I even like put Trubisky in that category? Hey, show uh, him a little bit of love. Yeah, dude. Love. I, he was my backup last year. I don't mind Shrub. And we'll talk about him. But uh, Aaron yeah. Rodgers is ready, dude. I mean, like, Adams is there. You've got what, Geronimo Allison. Uh, Randall Cobb's gone uh, at that station. I mean, he's still got his weapons. And then they're finally going to make Aaron Jones the front man in the backfield. And if you can remember when he was, like, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, time. But there was a time where he was, like, just that was it. And I feel like that team just worked out so much smoothly, uh, so much more smooth. And fucking that's when you saw Aaron Rodgers just making, like, deep throws, just cutthroat plays, just, like, in your night. Like, and so this year with him coming back, and also he has Danica Patrick, which also she carries around magic crystals, so that could help. Um, <laughs> so, you know, she's big into that shit. But, uh, yeah, Aaron, Aaron is, is easily the number two. I think he's going to have a bounce back season. Yeah, the the one thing I'll say there is with Aaron Rodgers, we know he's so smart that I'm curious, how long do you think he gives Matt LaFleur, the new head coach, before he does his own thing? Like, I think he'll go through training camp, maybe through week four. It's not that he won't produce, but how long do you give him uh, in terms of, you know, trusting? Being Matt compliant? LaFleur? Yeah, right. Two weeks. Yeah. He is the LeBron of NFL. Don't get it twisted. Aaron Rodgers is when, – when he's, he's shown us that 
he can be a diva and it's his show. Aaron Rodgers, though, and that's the way I've looked at Green Bay for a while now. Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is the coach. Aaron Rodgers makes the decisions. And you yeah. got to let him do that. Matt LaFleur has to be able to understand that. And he's got to be able to sit back and just say, okay, Aaron knows what he's doing. I'm going to make some plays. We're going to talk about this. We're going to work together. And they have to have mutual respect, obviously. But at the end of the day, if, if Aaron doesn't like something, dude, he's not going to do it. And we've seen that. Yeah, I think he needs uh, to free McCarthy. Him up completely. I think he needs to free him up, let him do his thing. Because I was kind of, I thought that was a, an interesting hire. Because I just didn't know if that was the direction they were going to take. But now that it was, it's odd it. for that team because that team's very conservative, and for them right. to go out and get a young coach, it's just like they're like one of the all of a sudden they're one of the trend teams, you know, the trendy teams. It's right. like you didn't, I didn't see it coming either. But it was definitely a curveball, but. I have no doubt that that's, that's Aaron's team and he's going to be running that shit. And if he doesn't like something, he ain't going to even give him the time of day to worry about it. He's just going to say, okay, well, we're in game right now and I'm just going to do this. And that's just how it's right. going to be. He's, uh, he's just another one of the guys that he's earned his place, but I feel like he's going to bounce back this year and he's really going to show everybody that, like, hey, I'm, I'm still here. Because, like, dude, he's in, he's in the GOAT conversation. Literally. Yeah, it's crazy. He's, uh... but, he's, but he is. He's incredible. I'll never really be able to comprehend how he's able to run out of the pocket and still throw it you know, 60 yards on a dime. On no, the- motherfucker's insane, dude. Gotta love the guy. Um, go ahead and roll into uh, Indianapolis. Andrew Luck is up there. And he showed everything we need, like, last season that he's like, hey. Like, it was kind of like a slow incline. But, like, right up there towards the end, he's just like, hey, I'm back. It's me. I'm okay again. Uh, I we, we didn't have him, what, for two years? And he rolled yep. back up last year. And it's just kind of like he it, – it, it took a little bit. It was like – it's like when you when you go get in a boat, you, you, you pull the motor, you get it crank, you know, cranked up, and you start going. And it's a little slow at first, and you just run that bitch wide open. So he kind of showed us that last year, if that's any way I can put it, to make it as simple as fuck. But yeah. um, he's – he's got uh, – He's never been somebody – I'll be honest, I've never drafted him. Never drafted Andrew Luck. Never had him on my team. It wasn't because I didn't want to. I just haven't had him. And, like, so I've never gotten to, like, experience that personally. But I feel like he's right up there um, in that top five. Yep. I think he belongs there. And um, Great chemistry with the head coach last year. Um, I think – what I'm interested to see, and I know you probably talked about this on the tight end episode, but can they maximize using two tight end sets? Because their best three weapons, T.Y. Hilton, Doyle, and Ebron, you know, can they get all those guys on the field? Because I think they that's, that's the key for them to score the most points. I think that it would be unfair for uh, Erica Braun not to get the starting position after – you know, I know it was mainly a touchdown machine. It wasn't always about, you know, the you know, yards or whatever, but he was he was fantastic, dude. Nobody thought Eric Abron would do that. Nobody I mean, I had him getting ten touchdowns before the season even started. Like that was me just like being ballsy, very bullish. And he ended up delivering that. Yeah. I think he deserves that spot. Frank Reich should make sure that that happens. I don't think they should try to do this dual tight end shit. I think that they should just stick to that and then have Doyle as the two. And if they can do that, 
T.Y. is going to get everything he needs. Uh, Marlon Mack in the backfield. And then I'm trying to think of a new feller they have over there, Mr. Devin Funches. So that's yeah. another that, – I mean, like, he obviously went to shit town in Carolina last season, but putting somebody like Andrew Luck with him could change everything. So you just really don't know. But he's got weapons. He's got weapons. Um, and I've said it on many a podcast. I've never went after Luck. I, I've never really drafted a lot of Colts players. But last year I had T.Y. Hilton for the first time, and uh, it was nice. It was nice some weeks. It's very nice. Yeah, he's one of different. those boomer bust guys. He might get you four or five points, but he doesn't get you 23, 24. So. Exactly. Went out of the uh, wheelhouse and did that. But, uh, yeah, luck, Luck's back. No doubt yeah. about it. I got him at um, at four. You have him at your four? Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I, I got Deshaun Watson ahead of him. That's my, that's my guy. That's your I'm three? Yep. Yeah, I have Deshaun. I, I would say Deshaun's going to be at my five. And that's the next guy we'll talk about. D-Hop, Kiki Coutier, Jordan Thomas, Will Fuller, if he can maintain. Uh, Ill Fuller, as I like to call him, because of how much he's out. Um, and uh, another year with Lamar Miller in the backfield. Are we going to see the same shit that we saw last year? Because he hit that decline. Ever since that ACL, man, it's just, it, it was very up and down. He started off so strong. I had so much hope. For Deshaun Watson, I literally was like, "This is the next Michael Vick, but better." I was, yeah, like, <laughs> man. the The potential for this team's crazy. I just feel like they're always getting injured. Somebody's getting hurt. Um, I will say, it's the Bill uh, O'Brien Butchin curse, man. Yeah, he's got dude's got a tight <laughs> sphincter, man. It's just like constantly just like blowing out something in the air. I don't know. Right. Uh, completely off topic, but do you remember when? Bill O'Brien said Tom Savage is, is his guy with Deshaun Watson on the, on the roster. I think that was his butt chin talking. I don't think he yeah. really meant that. Yeah, I'd <laughs> take a quick uh, – we'll, we'll do a quick save for Bill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Tom was, Savage. That was the so. dumbest shit ever. Tom Savage. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Yep. Dude sounds like, uh, sounds like a, a rapper that, that, like, never, like, got out of, like, you know – the fucking the local club he's just been like chilling he's like 45 now he's still making beats on soundcloud that's tom savage texans starting quarterback yep and that yeah he he does that too like that's like <laughs> the second thing that people know him for yeah, Deshaun watson dude i mean like any team like i love i love deandre hopkins so any team that he's on or a part of like he's gonna make that quarterback look mildly decent just because of his ability alone but now with Deshaun Watson being there and maybe he can get his shit fixed I don't know I, I hope that he can have another explosive year and like there's a part of me that feels like it could happen that he actually could explode and just come out of nowhere and be fucking fantastic like he was his rookie year that's what I hope to see but at the same time it's just like i don't know like just after watching him regress last year it just kind of reminded me of like the carson Wentz situation and it sucked i think that was more the the will fuller injury i mean i feel like that was his a lot of, there was a lot of chemistry there and when they huge lost, yeah when they lost him they kind of were in a in a state of trying different guys out in that role and then you know kiki stepped up but um i just think all three of their receivers there are strong and you know, you'll get those rushing yards with Deshaun Watson, too, as long as 
the media doesn't blow up the fact that he's going to get hurt. Um, you don't want him taking too many hits, but it's a nice added bonus when you see him getting 40, 50 rushing yards on your fantasy team. Big facts, big facts. Um, Saints, let's go ahead and talk about – let's talk about the, the local team, the home team for me. Um, you pretty much claim that too, you being from, from the Berg, from the Hattie. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that's not my dad's. My dad's had season tickets since he was 16. So uh, Nice. He's uh, been a Saints fan when they were wearing the – and they weren't winning any, any games, wearing the brown bags. So I've, I've learned all about the Saints history. Before we can even talk about Drew Brees and like kind of like the outlook for him, uh, let's just, just go ahead and start off. Uh, you brought something to my attention uh, before we started talking with the, uh, the new Madden QB rankings that came out. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Alarming. I'm, I'm big mad, dude. You, you, do you want to share? Do you want to? I'm going to let you share the news to, to the listeners about yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah, so we got Tom Brady, or excuse me, Patrick Mahomes, 97, number one QB. Philip River, or Tom Brady, 96, Philip Rivers, 94. So Philip Rivers, number three QB, which is, let's just pause right there. That's crazy. With Drew Stay Brady, off Brady. the weed. <laughs> exactly. Stephen <A. laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I told you this earlier. Um, maybe Philip Rivers has some family working on. With EA Sports, Madden, and somehow managed to get his rating to 94. I can't believe that. I, I actually love Philip Rivers, but <laughs> maybe um, oh yeah, the, 94. That's above Drew Brees, Andrew Luck, um, Aaron Rodgers, Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger. All, all, all the hotties, dude. All the fantasy yeah. hotties, bro. Like, and just to put Philip Rivers over Drew Brees is like an all-time slap just especially from his history coming from the Chargers and basically like Phillip Rivers, like Drew Brees was like Bledsoe. <laughs> like Phillip yeah. comes into town and then he goes to this one team and then Brees just goes goes ham. Brees is definitely better than Phillip Rivers. I don't care what anybody says. And for Madden to do that shit is fucking stupid. So Madden, I'm pissed. I'm just going to go customize and, and fix my uh, fix my overall ratings for myself. And uh, we'll put Brees where he belongs. Right. But, uh, and, hey, how about this though? Philip Rivers ninety ninety four, Ben Roethlisberger eighty five. Ooh, dude, and like that's crazy because in fantasy, Philip and 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 Ben are, are drafted right around the same area. They're late guys. Yeah. Every year. I don't get that. That's fucking that. crazy. Deshaun yeah. Watson at eighty two. There's all kind of stuff on here. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess just because of his drop in production last year. That's why Deshaun yep. went yep. down where he did. But, uh, but yeah, this is Madden, so it's not fantasy. But getting back to Breeze, uh, I mean, even though it does suck for him being the fourth underneath Phillip Rivers for Madden, he's definitely not that in fantasy football. And if anything, last year, the year before, we thought Breeze was basically done as a fantasy quarterback because it was just a disappointing year. And then he came back last year, and he fucking, he got back up there, dude. He got back in the game. He had some yeah. very solid games, dude. And uh, you, you can't count him out. I mean, he's – like I said, he's up there in the GOAT conversation with Rodgers and with, with Brady. So, it's like can't count the dude out. He's still going to be a definite uh, – definitely a great quarterback pickup this year. However, seventh through the eighth is probably where he's going to be going. That's where I've been seeing him go in mocks. Um, I don't know how many mocks you've, you've hit up this year. I mean, is he going around the same area, basically? Yeah, pretty much. And 
whenever you get done talking about Breeze, I have a lot of questions for the Saints for you because I know that's your that's your your people. Shoot, have, let's go, let's go. I have some. Everybody knows Breeze is good. Let's I have go. Some issues. I have some issues here, so I need to get your thoughts on what what's the deal with this Taysom Hill package and the way they're using it because the way I see it from a you know how I am from a DFS perspective, your your optimal lineup is when you have Breeze taking the snap and you have Kamara in the backfield and when you have Michael Thomas out wide. And they keep going to this. I feel like Sean Payton gets so bored because he's so much more creative and better at play calling than everyone else. It's kind of like when I used to play FIFA against people in the fraternity. You know, I'd, I'd yeah. get bored and play with the USA versus Barcelona. <laughs> there you go. You know what I mean? Always like, fun. Right. But why, why is he using Taysom Hill? I understand it's a wrinkle in the offense, but this actually has a fantasy impact on Drew Brees. Okay, it does have a fantasy impact. Sean Payton does not care about your fantasy team. Um, Taysom Hill is a mental weapon. And whether people want to believe it or not, Sean Payton knows how to get into fucking people's heads very well. And I think he just mentally exhausts people like by putting him in because it's just like you don't know what the fuck's going to happen every time Taysom gets in there. Taysom can make plays, though, too, dude. Like – I know he came out and basically said, like, you know, he's he's he could be the next guy. I'm so glad they kept Bridgewater. I do have high hopes when he, whenever he does take the throne. Um, and we'll talk about that another day. But with Taysom, dude, it's a mental game. And I feel like it would just be – I don't know. Like, I feel like people should understand that, especially, Saint, like, diehard Saints fans. Like, um, because I have talked to a lot of people that have asked me, you know, they've just like, well, how do you feel about him? Like, yeah, it does suck because, but I, but then again, I'm not somebody that goes after Drew Brees. Like, I, I like to get a homer in my leagues, but I'm not going to go after Brees because I feel like I can get way better value in another position around that area. Yeah. So, I'm with you. And I understand the middle piece, but at the end of the day, I believe the Saints would be better off having those three guys on the field as much as possible. And that kind of gets me to the Ingram stuff. You know, if, if Ingram's gone, I actually think it's a, it benefits the Saints in terms of total points for the year. Yeah. But if they plug in Latavius Murray into the – And they goal, will. That will actually hurt it. But if they use – it just depends on how much usage, you know, sticks with – sticks with uh, Kamara because – that that's the key to me. You got to have him on the field more than than you than you do. And anytime they have Taysom Hill featured, I just don't like it. I know it might be a mental thing, but it's pretty much a statistical fact. When you have Breeze, Michael Thomas out there, you'd be better off limiting the snaps Taysom Hill gets. I don't, I don't think you take him out of the, the the playbook completely, but I think it was getting a little absurd towards the the end of the regular season last year. Right. Um. Like I said, it's just it's it doesn't bother me that bad because it's just not something I'm worried about. For the person that wants to go after Breeze, you just have to understand that that that's going to be an issue, and you have to be be ready for that. I even think that Teddy's going to be used some this year. I think they're going to throw in Teddy. Like it's just it's 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 their thing, and like they know if they want to get back to where they were, they've got to keep playing games with people. They got to keep playing games with these defenses and these coaches, and Sean knows that too. So it's just something you've got to accept. If you want to take Breeze, you got to accept the fact that there might be one, one or two plays, one big play that could happen. Taysom could chunk the ball down the field, and there goes your touchdown points. You just have to be able to accept that. If you don't want yeah. to accept that, don't draft it. Especially the red zone stuff. That's what you have to worry about. Facts. As far as Latavius Murray, everybody listening, go back to the RB episode. I did a whole talk about him. Uh, basically, he's got an O-line. 
And uh, and when Latavius Murray has an O-line, good things will come. Put it that way. Let's uh, look at the other big guy that I like. I actually have already had him in one or two leagues, uh, Russell Wilson. Russell uh, is just one of those quarterbacks that, like, like you say, a proven quarterback. Um, he's kind of shown that, you know, he's, he's been like the big leg scrambling guy. He's been the one that everyone's been looking at for a while with that, other than like some of the newcomers like Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. Um, but we got some new weapons there. And the run game has just been kind of iffy. Like Chris Carson's kind of finally reestablishing that run game there. But they have found their groove in the past game. And with addition to DK Metcalf this year, I think that Russell's going to be in for another great year. And I think that, that could qualify him easily for um, a, a high spot. I've been getting Russell around like, uh, I want to say like 10, 10 or 11 in my mocks. Gotcha. So – Look into that. Like, if you're if you're a guy like me and you like to wait for your quarterback, typically, like I said, I've I've done some where I've gotten Baker pretty pretty early. If you like to wait for your quarterback and you want to get him around the tenth or the ninth, go with Russell. Um, and that might be a little low for some people, I understand, but this is me drafting off of uh, sleeper and the GGF pop pop mocks is what yeah. this is based off of. If you haven't done a pop mock yet and you're listening to this, get over to Twitter. I'll have one out this week sometime. Yeah. I'm off uh, Russell. I'd rather wait even further. Um, just based off the the increased, I think, from 2017 to 2018, the amount of running plays they were um, they were calling is up by 12%. So that's that kind of scares me off. I feel like the, the emphasis is now trying to get back to the Marshawn Lynch, you know, Running game. Oh, they're always going to be longing for that. But at the same time, can't you agree that, like, that they they know that, like, Pete Carroll knows he's got to find a new identity for that team? Yeah. Especially after losing the entire defense. So, I mean, I think that we're going to start seeing more of a balance from Seattle. It, it doesn't yeah. really worry me with the run game. I know that it's going to be back, but I don't think it's going to be back like the Lynch years. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm pretty much a stay away from Seattle in general. So. All right. So, avoid Seattle <laughs> on your end. I say That's no. Go That's Russell. Yeah. Carson Wentz, ranked eighth on sleeper. Um, ranked way lower than that in my heart. I don't like him this year at all. I feel like he's got this uh, – it's, it's hard for me to describe because, like, he came in strong. He got hurt two years in a row. Dude missed out on – he got a Super Bowl ring he didn't even play in. Same shit happened last season. I feel like you can try to stay positive for so long, but I just – I don't see enough of him, like, out, like, social media to be able to re really kind of, like, judge where he's at or what he's doing. Um, Just kind of go off the reports. But they've got, you know, a guy coming back into the wide receiving core uh, that's going to be possibly good for him. I mean, I've read some reports that they're connecting well. But – with Nick Foles gone now, he knows that that city, just the city of Philadelphia in general, is going to put so much pressure on their – excuse me, on the quarterback. And I think that he's going to be a little shaky this year. I don't know how you feel about him. Indifferent. Um, I think it actually will – Nick Foles being gone will, will help him a little bit mentally. I mean, 
I feel like that'll kind of relieve some pressure there, not knowing that. I mean, let's be honest, Nick Foles was loved more than Carson Wentz. So I feel like that will help, but I'm not calling some major breakout season or anything. So, no, I feel like he's just been more cautious. Like, let me try to re explain. Like, on the field, like, all right, so you know, in racing, a driver gets in a wreck and like that could mentally fuck them, you know, or break them or whatever. And I feel like he, his, playing the way he plays has gotten a little more conservative yep yeah i'm with you on that so that's the only thing that worries me with him maybe some mental blockage going on try to get that worked out we'll, i mean we'll see what happens but he he's here the bag right yo yeah he did he got the money he got he got, money. he got big money he got yeah, big right. money so that that could help a little bit at the same time we'll see if he's worth it at the end he's not somebody that i'm going to be targeting high though in fantasy this year at all so don't go out of your way to get him there's way more value around where he's where i've been seeing him going that's clock time hear the clock yep do yep. do we'll pause for the, no we're not gonna pause <laughs> for the clock <laughs> uh falcons your guy matt ryan you said you got this guy ranked high why man consistency uh his weapons um you know, we got one less guy in the backfield, even though I'm very bullish on Edo Smith, you know, my Southern Miss alma mater. Uh, oh, yeah, you got to hold him dear. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, like his, I like his game, and I, I feel like with Coleman out, I obviously think they'll give first shot to Freeman, but I think you're going to see a lot of Edo Smith. But, no, with Matt Ryan, I mean, I just feel like there's gonna, they're going to be in several games where they're, they're having to air it out. It seems like game script always goes Matt Ryan's way, so – Anytime I get that, I'll take um, the interceptions or whatever comes with it. But the passing yards should be there with um, Julio, um, Ridley. Yeah. And good so. thing Julio came out on the eighth. I think he said that he wasn't going to hold out. Um, Arthur Blank backs his right. word. Right. I saw that. So I don't I think never, there's any hesitation I, I, I there. I'm never Julio take, guy. Yeah. I would. I mean, honestly, I would take Matt Ryan. Uh, where's he going compared to the, the previous two guys? Russell and um, who were we just on? It's we're talking Russell about uh, we we're talking about Russell and we were talking about uh, Carson Wentz. So Matt Ryan is actually ranked sixth on sleeper. Um, right. He is ahead of Drew Brees. I, I like Calvin Ridley. I'll say that. So like I'm not against Matt. Matt's another one of those guys I've never really just like grabbed. Um, because, like I said, it's mostly it's always been towards the end of the drafts, and I just can find value in different areas. But um, I'm not I'm not afraid to, to grab him. I'm not afraid to get him. Um, he has been consistent. He's been in the league. He's kind of been like that uh, – I don't know if – like, would you consider him a dark horse QB? He's just kind of, like, always <laughs> lingering. Yeah, he's underappreciated for sure. Yeah, that, that's a better word, underappreciated. I like to make a lot of memes with Matt Ryan. Yeah, but, uh, especially as a Saints fan, right? Oh, facts, dude. Big facts. Yeah. And that, that could subconsciously have something to do with it. I try not to let that kind of shit hold me back from getting different players. Like, I'll gladly draft Calvin Ridley this year. We'll talk about that next week. But Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm, not afraid to, I'm not afraid of him being ranked up there. That's fine. That's fair. Yeah, I would definitely, you know, anybody that's thinking about taking Wentz over him, I would say, please don't do that. How are we feeling about – so, let's, let's stay in the NFC South. How are we feeling about the guy that dresses up like a lady from time to time in press conferences in Carolina? Cam Newton. Um, I'll go ahead and say this. Like, I think McCaffrey's got that team <laughs> on lock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I'm, 
I'm actually going to – this is a big agreement here. I've seen Cam enough times, 10-yard in route, somebody's wide open in the in the end zone, he sails it. I just – I'm done with him. I don't do it. Um, Fold him out. Rushing, there's rushing yards upside, but I don't think his weapons around him are that strong, honestly. I know there's – He's a standard league quarterback because you rely on him to run in from, from the one-yard line to get a touchdown. And right. now that's iffy. <laughs> because last year we saw that kind of die down with, with Christian McCaffrey coming. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're more focused on the run game. I'm, I'm not high on, uh, on Cam this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. But, man, he was electric in college to watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Auburn. Oh, my God. I remember yeah. watching the Auburn-Bama game, uh, the Iron Bowl, before he graduated. That was like one of the, ones that's, one of the game, college games that stand out in my mind. I was, I was a freshman in college, I think. Yeah. yeah. Great times, man. Good times. Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. I like it this year. Reason being, everybody is like, you know, all over the whole Juju situation now with him being like the number one guy. They brought in Dante Moncrief, and it's what James Washington is there as well. I think that Ben is going to really find some uh, someone to rely on in Dante Moncrief, and I think he's going to be the shake-up wide receiver there. He's going to have those targets. James Conner is going to, you know, he'll he'll be doing his thing or whatever from the back. But Ben is just always one of those low low guys you can get there in the end. And I mean, that's I feel like everybody tries to go for Ben if they're going to get their quarterback late. He's like the guy everybody tries to target. I don't yeah. know how you feel about that in your like leagues you've played in. Yeah, I'm Mr. Boring Grandpa in terms of season long, so I always sit back and I'll, I'll like, I can guarantee you I'll end up with Philip Rivers. Ben Roethlisberger or, you know, like a Kirk Cousins or some somebody like that. Oh, not just, Kirk, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm on the bounce back Kirk Cousins season. So, ooh, I know ooh. we're saving that for later, but uh, I'm, I'm actually on him this year. So, Word. Okay. We'll talk about that in a minute for sure. So, uh, But I'm with th- you on Big Ben. I think somebody steps up, whether it's Moncrief or James Washington. Um, I think – Anytime the public perception is he's lost a he's lost a b he's lost a b then that means he's gonna he's gonna fall in drafts right so oh obviously but I mean he's already down there so low so right. I mean I, I feel like I feel like his his position's not gonna change at all in drafts I think that yeah. he's gonna be right where he always is he's just one of those guys you can get one guy I have on the rise though the next guy up um, I don't have him like super high but I mean Jared Golf showed us last year that he's relevant, that he can be yeah. used. His first year, I actually had him as a backup, and I was super disappointed. That was what Jeff Fisher, the Jeff Fisher era. Yeah. And so when that changed and we saw that huge change in Jared Goff, I feel like he should be bumped up a few positions. Um, I think right now Goff is at 12. I like Goff over Cam Newton. I'm with you 100%. Um uh... You can't deny – like, just look at golf's receivers compared to Cam Newton's. Uh, facts. <laughs> That's it you know, right like, there. I mean, I don't know if there's a better trio. Of, you know, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. And Cooks, right? I mean, that's yeah, that's strong. it's hot. That's a strong, and that, that's all that really matters. Like when you're going for these quarterbacks, you got to have the strong receiving cores. If you got a strong receiving court, you got weapons. That's who you want to go for. That's just plain and simple. That's that's common sense fantasy sports. So, 
you don't have the good guys anymore. I mean, like, you know, Cam has DJ Moore and uh, Curtis Samuel. And I'll, although I, you know, I, I don't mind them, I uh, think that they're going to be decent. I just – I like the way that points could be made way more in Los Angeles than in, in Carolina. So, that's why I have him over him. Yeah, I'm with you. After that, Tom Brady. Go ahead and talk about the GOAT. Um, he's fallen a lot over the past what, two years. It's just because of the wide receiving core. It goes back hey, to just the simplicity. Before we – sorry to cut you off completely, but do you think – Cam Newton, do you think there's anything behind the Will Greer draft? Or do you think he's going to, at any point, ever – is there something there? Is there some kind of Cam Newton injury problem? Because I feel like he's been banged up for years. Yeah, so, I mean, we've – I always feel like there's something under the rug with him. I've always kind of had that weird feeling. Um, and that he's just, like, one step away from being being done or being out of there. Yeah. Um, and last season, I mean, we saw – I mean, it wasn't like they weren't playing. I think it was the last last game of the year. There was like the second team playing. I can't even remember the name of the guy that was the quarterback uh, for Carolina. Somebody will have to figure that out for me. I'm counting on you, Garage fam. Um, but we we know that with McCaffrey doing his thing, I mean, it, it just kind of all almost seems like that's all that really matters. So it's – they could put someone else back there. Greer could be back there before we know it. Yeah, I just feel like if they have one or two bad seasons in a row here, they might be moving on and we see something. They might be moving on from a lot more than just Cam, too. Yeah, it would be a complete. Riverboat Ron might be uh, sailing down the river. Yeah. That's, it's going to be true. tough. It's going to yeah. be tough because, I mean, they got they got they already got two tough teams with the Saints and the Falcons and then the Bucks now with Bruce Arians. They're on the rise. Yeah, Bruce Arians out of uh, – I thought he was done, and we knew he would get that football itch, so he's back for more. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, but, yeah, with Tom with Tom Brady, Nikhil Harry is the new toy. I heard that Josh Gordon has been, like, staying in his house, which is awesome of him. I have a lot more respect for, like, Tom Brady the man. Um, so, I mean, if, if, if there's any possibility that Gordon comes back, like, and then Nikhil Harry being there, I mean, they got their core back. And they're ready to rock. Um, and Julian Edelman is there is the number one always. I mean, with with Tom Brady, they've just got that connection. With Gronk going, I don't think it's gonna. It's definitely gonna change a little bit, but they they're trying to replace him pretty quickly. And from what we know with the the Patriots, they're a uh, they're a system man. And Bill Belichick's gonna find a way to make the system work. Yeah, I'm pretty much off of Brady for fantasy reasons. Amen. There, you know, you know, I'm a Patriots fan, so. Uh, started when Drew Bledsoe was there, and I've been an avid fan. So talk a we have bit. a Pats fan in the building. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, how do we let this happen? <laughs> well, I think you. it's good because now people can't bitch about how we talk about the Saints too much. So. Yeah, I can't help it. Uh, favorite quarterbacks were Bledsoe and Brett Favre. So <laughs> that's that's who I grew up watching as a kid. So Favre's like right up the road from you, huh? That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> at, at one point in time. Yeah. Um, so, but no, but Brady, I want to go back to him. I just, they're, if you look at the trend, they're running the ball more frequently, uh, especially inside the red zone. So, that's going to hurt his fancy value. Uh, I think, I mean, we've seen them air it out 40, 45 times a game when McDaniel sees something, but that's happening less and less year over year. So, he's more right. of the standard league quarterback or 
are not even a fantasy QB in my opinion. So, all right, so that that stands there. I think everybody else can be on board with that too. Um, getting to the guy that was Madden ranked ahead of Breeze, uh, Philip Rivers, the wide receiver core. Everybody's like high on Mike Williams. I don't really understand it. I'm not really that big of a fan of it. I, I mean, I, I know that he did a little bit, but he had like that one badass game late in the season. Uh, against the Chiefs, I believe it was. One of, one of the games in the, in the three-week span they played the Chiefs. Other than that, Hunter Henry's coming back. If he can stay healthy, I do like that target because Phillip Rivers loves that tight end. I mean, you know, you've seen how many years he worked Antonio Gates. So, Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm all aboard the Phillip Rivers train after talking crap about the Madden, the Madden rating. I just – especially with the Melvin Gordon stuff going on, I don't know what your take is on that, but I feel like if they go with – my take awesome. is he better sign that fucking contract because he was my first pick in one of my drafts recently, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I need that. I need that to go down, Melvin. If you, if this finds you, do your job. Don't let me down. Yeah, I'm worried about it honestly because if it was me, I wouldn't pay him. He's uh, another one of those guys. Uh, back to Philip though. He's he's another one of those guys that's right there with Ben. I feel like him and yep. Ben are like the two fantasy value quarterbacks you can always snatch up late, and they're gonna do what they need to do. A wise man once said, any fantasy player that can get you 10 points or better and a quarterback that can at least get you 20, that's how you win games. Yeah, I think they're going to be throwing it more. I just with If, if Melvin Gordon's not there, I don't think they're going to give the ball to Eckler. You know, yeah, the game. and then Justin, the Justin Jackson thing's there too. Um, yeah. But, well, I mean, it's just we haven't seen a full season. We don't really know what's to come. Right. Seen and the they lost Tyrell Williams, correct? Wasn't he on the – Yeah. Tyrell – oh, don't make me lie to you right now. See, this is why we need someone like Jamie on the Joe Rogan podcast. They can just, like, look the shit up real fast. He's on the um, – let's see. I saw that before. Is he on Oakland? Is that right? You have him? I'm trusting your word right now. I think he's the Jordy Nelson replacement. Okay. I like Hunter Renfro. We'll talk about him. <laughs> Thanks, Hunter Renfro? I have, I have some high hopes for Hunter. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just dropping so many teasers for the wide receiver episode tonight. Yeah. <laughs> like, sorry. I'm, I'm, getting off, I'm getting you off topic. It's probably my fault. but No, no. It's, it's not your fault at all. It's, it's good. This, this, this is what we're about, baby. This is what we're about. So There's so uh, much you can say about QBs. you got to go into the weapons. You know what I mean? Facts. Big facts. Um, Cardinals. Kyler Murray. Draft or don't draft? Sell. I'm out. I'm out. Especially where people are drafting him. I think I saw something crazy. Where That's the hype. You're talking about Baker Mayfield being the hype. That's the hype. Yeah. That's where the hype's at. Yeah, I'm it's just not worth it. You know, like the chance of success. No. Where he's being drafted. I mean, I'll probably be eating these words in week six when he's going off. But I'm – like I said, I'll rather stick with what I know than. No, there, there's uh, always the the uh, the whole adage of uh, you know the Mahomes thing, but then again, this is a guy going straight in. So yeah, it's been a minute since we've he, seen something that that great. And I don't think the Cardinals have a, a Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt. No, not at all. I don't really like uh, Christian Kurt. Who, right, <laughs> I got a tight end Charles Clay from the Bills. That sounds really, really attractive. Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson. Hopefully, that's right. About, that's about it for that. All right, back to 
talk about the Bucks real fast. I've heard a lot of reports about Jameis Winston. Looks like a brand new QB, like a brand new guy. I hope I hope to see it. I really do. I don't even I don't have any hard feelings about him being in the NFC South at all. I just don't want Winston to keep throwing them interceptions. There's no Fitz magic there to save you. Arians has backed you 100%. Don't choke. I'm not drafting him high. I'm with you. I think I think uh, Jameis is what he is at this point. I mean, I know they're bringing in an offensive-minded coach, but that's kind of what Todd Munkin was, you know, offensive coordinator there. I right. They were, I think they were ninth. I mean, I think they were first in scoring through nine weeks last year with Todd Munkin. So, James, Jameis and Fitzpatrick definitely had an offensive-minded coach, and then head coach was Dirk Cutter. So, yeah. I know Arians is another whole level of coach. So, we'll, we'll get the – He'll get the there's, opportunity. I'm just not buying. Facts. There's no. There's no doubt that he's got the weapons there, but it's just like so. You're. I mean, you're not buying this hype, and it's kind of hard for me too as well. But then again, like, you know, you see Arians. Like everybody's like, that's that's what everyone's looking at. And look when Mike Ditka came to the Saints, everybody was expecting that kind of same shit. You know what I mean? Right. Back in the early days, I don't even know how yeah. many people actually remember that that listened to the show. <laughs> You're probably getting the one percenter. Yeah, facts. Like the 68-year-old guy that's <laughs> listening to this right now. Uh, Chicago Bears, Mitchell Trubisky. I like his legs. I like the fact that he likes to get out there and scramble a little bit. Um, Here, here's my breakout guy. Mm. Yeah. Breakout candidate? Yeah. I think he um, – I think there's progress there every year. I think the legs help. I think he's – I wonder if the Matt Nagy, like, impact I, something tells me we've only seen Matt Nagy show him like 80 percent of the playbook right I don't, I don't know if he's yes fully there's a lot more up that dude's sleeve yeah so I just I'm big on him I think his, his one thing his one knock is he's slightly inaccurate at times but in terms of fantasy you can get over that with the the rushing yards and the touchdowns and I just like the, the weapons the pace of play you know Jordan Howard being out of there is only can only help Really. David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. Yep. So it can only help Trubisky. A little shuffle passes. That's a touchdown. So that's it. Hot take. I don't even know if it's that hot. Um, stove take. Um, <laughs> Bears. Uh, halfway on stove take. Bears are king of the north. Two years in a row. Facts. Um, yep. Because I'm not crazy about Matt Lafleur, so I'm with you. Yay! All right, Kirk Cousins, <laughs> this guy. We're agreeing too much now. It was early, we were disagreeing. Now we're agreeing too much. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, we're about to roll a little bit faster because we're we're in some of the quarterbacks that don't even get drafted now. Um, yeah. Kirk Cousins, Vikings. He has all the weapons he needs. You said that this is one of the guys that you might you know draft late. Um, I love Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. They've got to catch the ball. Um, mm-hmm. Kirk just. Uh, I don't know, man. Like he's. He's got a lot to prove this year because he was supposed to get that team to the playoffs. And for you to, like, destroy that with that receiving core, oof. Yeah, this is more of a not necessarily the guy you draft on your team. You maybe can pick him up or you get him in the last round or on the waiver. But I'm, I guess I should have said this before I mentioned earlier. This is more of a – I can't wait to see what his DFS price tag is because I think he can still throw for three or four touchdowns in a game. And, and um, Oh, yeah, he'll have his up games. He'll have some. Yeah, I, I just think he's going to be – Season long, though, I'm, I'm avoiding him. Yeah. For now. Only, only way you're playing him is in like a 2QB league or something like that. 
Yes, so, facts. Yeah. One guy I will say that is going to be undervalued um, that I'm okay drafting, next guy up, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. So, too many people are sleeping on the 49ers again. I mean, Kittle's like the only guy that people like really like talk about from that team. Um, running game is about to change completely. Dante Pettis, obviously Garoppolo likes him. Marquise Goodwin's another guy that people are sleeping on. I think that he's not done yet. He's not gone by any means. Um, I'm sorry that Nick Mullins, unless unless he gets hurt, Nick Mullins, your, your guy from 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 the uh, from Southern Miss, he might not. Don't come, uh, don't come at Nick Mullins, please. All right, I'm not gonna come at him. I mean, I I, <laughs> I, I, I actually used him the that night that he played against the Raiders in DFS, and it was great. Yeah, I was yeah, in South yeah. Carolina at the time, so it was legal. Right. <laughs> I had an address there. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of worried about Garoppolo. Here's the thing. You know, my Patriots fans, I actually want, I actually want Garoppolo to do well. Yeah. Um, and funny story, I saw this guy in Vegas after – the day after he signed his big contract. And he looked – we were at one of the nightclubs at, in Vegas, me and a group of friends, and we saw him. He Uh-oh. looked like – he looked like a kid on Christmas signing all he loves, paperwork. He loves those porn stars and paperwork, man. That's Jimmy Garoppolo's bag. Right I couldn't there. believe it. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. He was signing paperwork. Like they were, you know, he bought a private table or whatever at the, at the club and he was signing that paperwork, but it looked like it was his first time ever at getting a you know, a private club access, even though it wasn't <laughs> even though it wasn't his first time, but the way he looked, it was it was pretty funny to watch. Now that he's got more light, we're going to find out so much more about his personality, which I think is dope because he he seems like damn GQ man of the year always. <laughs> right, right. He um, definitely has the ladies' attention. But, man, I'm kind of worried about him based on the – so we saw three weeks of him, small sample size last year, right? Correct. Um, I'm worried about him um, because five touchdowns, three interceptions. I know that's small sample size, but – what really concerns me was the just the eye test. He didn't look comfortable in the in the Shanahan system, and he was actually sacked like thirteen or fourteen times in three games, which is crazy. Um, so I don't know if that's just a, a three game thing, but I mean Nick Mullins looked as good as Jimmy Garoppolo last year, and that's that's what's concerning, considering you got seventeen point two million dollars in Jimmy Garoppolo. So, yeah, I guess you just call it call it faith, call it a hunch. I don't know. Yeah, but I hope you I can't well. I can't say any any more than that honestly about him because he's just one of those guys that are he's it's a late round pickup. Um Yeah. Yeah. Look I out think for he has high upside. Yeah. So. Another guy that I think has high upside this year, Sam Darnold with the Jets. Everybody is going to hate on the Jets. Adam Gase is supposed to be the QB whisperer. And I feel like now that he has like a actually a, a pretty young quarterback that maybe something good can come out of this. I like Chris Herndon as a target. Yeah. Robbie Anderson, obviously. Um, Added Jamison Crowder, too. Yeah. Don't forget the crowd, the Crowder. Yeah. What's, um, why is Adam Gase the, the QB whisperer? I've never understood that. I don't know either because it seems like he just whispers, like, things that happened to him, like, at home the night before, maybe. Like, he just, like, whispers, like, his problems or, like, things he's going through and asks for advice. Maybe he just like whispers that kind of stuff to his QB because I've never really seen like him shine as a QB whisperer. I'm with you. I, I don't. I don't really get it. I mean, I think the last big thing he did was Peyton Manning's like record breaking year. 
he was on that yeah staff. But he was on the then, staff yeah he was penciled in but yeah, yeah. Since he then, whispered something to Peyton staff. probably he was like hey your forehead looks a little shiny you probably should wipe it <laughs> like he whispered something like that obviously but uh I just like Sam Darnold in general dude like I you know, last year I had the high hopes for him. He came out against Detroit, dude, and fucking slayed. And like everybody was like, like, whoa, like holy shit, like we gotta go get this guy. His trend value went up high on sleeper. Yeah. Um, Are you Sam Darnold or Josh Allen? Who am I four out of those two? Yeah. Darnold. For fantasy or for like a franchise? Uh, for franchise fantasy, I, I can't lie. I like Josh Allen this year. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we're on the same page. Huh? Yeah, he's coming up. Okay. Sam Darnold, definitely. Cowboys. Uh, Dak. He wants to be the highest paid guy. Um, yeah, I don't think I'll he pass. deserves it. Yeah. I'll pass on Dak. Yeah, Zeke's gonna do Zeke things. Uh, they got Randall Cobb there. He could be. Tr- he could be tricky. But another another guy that he's right where he needs to be. I'm not gonna flex too much. Uh, very quickly, I'll talk about this one. If you have anything to say, feel free to. Andy Dalton, and I'm out. No. No. I got a hot take here. Okay, go. I know. This is this is fun. <laughs> I got to hear this. Got to hear so, this. I'm, I'm known as a guy that hates on Andy Dalton every year. Um, I think I, like, text my fantasy group every year and make fun of them for, like, a pick six or something like that. Yeah. It seems, it seems like it always happens that way. But, you know, I've been thinking a lot about him, and this is not something – I'm not saying go draft him by any means, but maybe if you have a deep bench, you can stash him because if there's a chance – okay, so he usually hovers around like, what, 20 touchdowns, 25 touchdowns and 3,500 yards. Yeah, mediocre. Right. But he's been with the same coach. We're getting the, you know, new coach Zach Taylor from the Sean McVay tree, right? So – Correct. I think if there's a chance to like be re-energized and have a breakout year, this would be it. And if it doesn't happen, they're going to be rebuilding very quickly, and he'll be gone. I so, love Joe. I love Joe Mixon in the run game there, but just with him, like that. This is another thing too. I mean, I understand Zach Taylor's from the uh, McVay coaching tree. How many? I mean, he's like the new hot coach on the block, obviously. But how many people have we seen from the Bill Belichick coaching tree? do successful yeah. with other quarterbacks. And that's that's kind of the same way I'm viewing this right now. You know, Right. I just, and I think mine's like an opportunity cost thing. It's not saying go draft him. It's more of if there's a chance that we're going to see upside from Andy Dalton, it's going to be with a new coach because he's been with an ancient coach that's been, you know. Ready to leave yeah. way too long. And this could they wouldn't let him. <laughs> like, right. right. And it's got – I mean, you can't argue with Joe Mixon, um, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, that's pretty pretty strong. So yeah, for I'm not saying like sure. I said, this is a two a two QB thing, and maybe keep an eye on him and pick him up on the waiver if something bad happens to your team type thing. So another but, another hot young guy moving forward. Um, yeah. What's your take on Lamar Jackson? I'm off of it. Just past history of I just I just don't buy into that small sample size of them running the their offense last year. Um, and it's going to be him and a bunch of rookie wide receivers. And I actually think it hurts their growth being in a system like that. Big time. I don't, I'm not, I'm not on it, man. I know that's. I'm just scared thing. he's going to get himself hurt. Yeah. I, I root for the guy. I think he's a great guy, but I just, I feel like it's, 
I don't like I like Lamar Jackson. I don't like Lamar Jackson with the Ravens. I'll put it right there. He's just he's not he's a running back. Yeah. So I mean, if you had the chance to get him and I would only Super Flex. Super flex. I would spot start him, you know. (laughs) That's about it. Yeah, DFS, some DFS games for sure. He's a DFS guy, possibly. Yeah. Uh, All right, so Josh Allen. Um, I think he's going to come into his own a little bit more with the pass game this year. Um, Robert Foster's back uh, healthy. He's coming in. Zay Jones. um, They got the new tight end Dawson Knox there. And yeah. behind uh behind glass Tyler Eifert <laughs> made of glass Eifert. Yeah, that's not gonna last long. So Dawson will be starting probably in week two after um Eifert like breaks his toenail or something. Yeah. And uh so I, I like I like it. I like Buffalo. I think that Buffalo has a real shot this year and I'm kind of excited to see him. Um Hey, you're forgetting the key additions, man. You got Cole Beasley and John Brown. Yeah, John Brown coming in, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm more Robert Foster over John Brown. Oh, really? This year. Yeah, I mean, but what about Cole I, Beasley? Isn't isn't he going to come in and start the slot? I don't. Yeah, he's going to be in the slot. I think he'll have a little bit of, of good games, but I mean, I just I don't really know how I feel about him in that system. It's just been a while since we've seen Beasley. It's been forever since we've seen Beasley do something extraordinary. Um, yeah, I look at it more of the the. Not a fancy target, but uh, some consistency where Buffalo's really not had that at their receiver position. Really, right. I mean, he could be he could be a sneaky late round pickup that could be pretty well in in uh, in, in season long. But I played him a lot in DFS last year and um, had some games where he fucked me, some games where he didn't. Um, right. Get him late. I think that he. Uh, I think he could be a shakeup big time this season. I like I like the yeah. odds on that one. I like him too. Derek Carr with Antonio Brown. I am a little torn just because of what we saw, the disappointment that we saw. But we got hard knocks coming up, which is going to be fun. Um, And I kind of want to feel like there's hope for Derek Carr. But it's, it's not enough for me to go out of my way to get him. Yeah, I think you summed it up for me saying you were torn. I'm indifferent on that one. Just pass for me. All right, let's go to where where you're around your area now with uh, Marcus Mariota. Big no no. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'll say this. I don't even have to talk about Mariota. If I'm no. if I'm Derek Henry and I don't get adequate touches through the first few weeks, I'm going and demanding a trade. Yeah, because I feel that he's proven when he's given the touches that he can he can do it, and they didn't. If you notice, they hired um, internally for their offensive coordinator position. So, mm-hmm. they, they, they're not trying to revamp and do some crazy new system with a new offensive young mind. They should give Derek Henry the ball and let Marietta run play action. So, I'm off on fantasy. Big facts. I agree 100%. One guy that I hate to see fall that has fallen, hopefully he can get his ass back up this year, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford was like my go-to QB for a, for a minute especially when Megatron was on board. The addition of TJ Hawkinson, Kenny Galladay, uh, it, it, it has to come back. It just – it has to. I don't think Patricia can go two years 
running as bad as, as he did last year. He's got to bounce back this year. So I think that Stafford, Stafford. is uh, definitely be weary. But if you can pick him up on the waiver wire, because that's probably where he's going to be. Um, nah, he can't. Nah, he he would at least get picked up in the last round if he was going to go. You think? I think he's going to be on the waiver. Mm. I don't know. I, don't know. I think – you paint a ten man, a twelve man. It just depends. Yeah, I roll twelve mostly. Yeah, yeah, that's where so, I'm at. All right. So I, just, I do I, think Amendola. I think Amendola will add some value to um. Not. Oh yeah, he's trying to re. He's trying to build a little New England in Detroit. Yeah, so there's, there's no doubt about help. that. I think it'll help Galladay and Marvin Jones more than Stafford. I think Amendola will open up a few things for those guys running the deep ball. So I know that's not the receiver episode, but here we are. Oh no. We're just going to keep teasing it because that's what everybody's ready for. <laughs> <laughs> Dolphins, Josh Rosen, no. Brian Fitzpatrick, yes. I don't care what anyone thinks. <laughs> oh, man. I love Fitzmagic. I do, too. Uh, I do, I too, him. and I don't care. If I'm going to go for a quarterback there, I'm going to Fitzmagic all day. Don't care. Don't at me. Fitzmagic shirt. Um, I wish he was on a different team, but I just don't see the the – I hate the the weapons there for him. I'm gonna have the uh, the the shirt on the garage guy store soon. It's gonna have Fitz Magic with the sunglasses on as the head of the dolphin. So that's gonna be there. You can go to Teespring.com/slash/GarageGuysPodcast. Go get your Garage Guys gear today. There's your plug. The plug. <laughs> Next guy. All right, this is my sleeper. I got a couple. I got uh, two guys that are sleepers for this year. Uh, out of these last four we're going to talk about. I'm going to go ahead and get the other two out of the way because I'm going to talk about the sleepers last. I want to get kind of a little in-depth before we wrap up. Um, Jaguars, Nick Foles, we'll see. Yeah. Don't, I don't, don't he, go after him. I don't think we know how good the Jags receivers are because they've been with Blake Bortles, so we'll see this year. Yeah, we're going to find out. Foles is definitely an upgrade, but uh, he's not he's not somebody that you should be targeting in their draft yeah. there's more value and then the giants eli manning <laughs> no <laughs> that's all i got for that one all right do you agree yes. Okay. yes all right all right wrap that up all right these are my last two guys these are the guys i think that are going to be valuable in fantasy i'm gonna get called crazy for one and then i'm gonna get probably just I don't think I'm going to be called crazy for the second one, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about the one I'm going to call crazy for first. I like the idea of Joe Flacco in Denver. I knew it was coming. Um, I'll let you have the fun, so you go ahead. Okay. Joe Flacco is coming to a new team. We've seen him with mediocre wide receivers. we got a young core in Denver. Uh, Cortland Sutton is set to take the one. Uh Manuel Sanders is taking a little bit of a back seat. We could see him bounce back. We don't know yet. And then Noah Font is the uh, rookie tight end behind Jeff Huerman. I think Font's going to end up taking over. And f- I've said it a million times. I'll keep saying it. Flacco likes the tight end. I think the tight end position is going to be good in Denver. I think Flacco's going to have a lot better of a time on the football field than he has with the Ravens in years past. And – I think that this is going to up Royce Freeman's value this year as well. So, that's why I like Flacco. I agree with the font take. I disagree with the overall take. I just don't think that 
receiving core is that strong, honestly. Um, I get what you're saying with Sutton. The, there's been some development there, but I'm just – I just feel like your ceiling with Flacco is so low. I mean, what's – most likely if Denver has a – From what we've seen, there. but but not, not – the ceiling with Flacco and Denver, what's that ceiling? Man, I don't know. I think if they paired him with a, a different coach, uh, they went with the defensive route again. So I would have yeah, they want to build. Right. They want to build that back up for sure. But yeah. it's it's just the the thought of seeing Flacco on a new team it intrigues me. And just kind of looking at a little bit of what he did in the Ravens. I know you can't really always one hundred percent compare that, but just the fact of him being on a new team brings a little bit of glimmer into my eyeballs. And I'm just like, mm. I think that yeah. uh, I think I, I might take a, a a low a low flyer on him, maybe in one league, just to see what happens. If anything blows up like I hope it will, he's going to be snagged everywhere, and we could actually see a year where he might actually be utilized. Because I don't think I've ever seen a year where somebody started Joe Flacco as quarterback <laughs> in any yeah. of my leagues <laughs> I've ever played with. Right, and I can't I can't debate with you too much because I just did something that I never thought I would and I said that Andy Dalton could have a good year so I uh, I think you're gonna regret that one but we'll, we'll, we'll find out we might have to make a gentleman's wager on that one it's a boom, yeah you're right I'll make that bet I'll bet you Andy Dalton <laughs> has a better year um than than Flacco if you want it um just because I'm gonna take the, the gamble on the, on the coaching change in Cincinnati all right all right we just placed the bet on it it's done what it's do done. we want um, are we betting on QBR are we betting on what, what, what are we on We'll we'll come we'll come back. We have to talk in the war room. We don't we don't okay. we don't discuss this just yet. We'll we'll come out okay. with our bets on the bets okay. episode. It's gonna last like a whole ten minutes. Okay, <laughs> I'm going. I, I need to be on the betting episode. Let's let's make sure that happens. Yeah, we gotta start talking about a little bit of sports betting. That's another thing you're you're pretty uh you're pretty good at. Yeah, let's do so, that. Yeah, why not? Let's go. We're, we're evolving over here, guys. <laughs> All right, last guy before we wrap up and end it. We've been going strong now for over an hour and a half. I hope your ears aren't worn out. Um, but last guy, he's not really named the starter yet. Um, Case Keenum is the starter in Washington. Dwayne Haskins, I feel good about this guy. What? I know that there isn't much of a receiving core at all. There's Trey Quinn. Um, shit, mine's slipping right now. Doxon. Yeah, Josh Doxon. Um, and then we've got the what, new Paul guy. Richardson. Is that right? Paul Richardson's there. I don't really care for him. I don't think I think he's gonna be out of the picture. I've been pretty high on Josh Doxon because for one, he uh just quickly to go over this, basically he uh, – they didn't pick up his uh, – I can't think of the fucking word right now. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going off the rails. They didn't pick up the fifth year. They didn't pick up the fifth year option, supposedly. And, uh, and so I feel like that's going to make him want to play harder because he knows that he's probably going to have to go to another team next year. And normally when guys are in that situation, you see them do things that they've really never done before. So that's kind of why I'm there at that point. But also just to the quarterback uh, aspect of it with Dwayne, everybody's trying to put in their their new toys quick. We've seen that. I think that's going to happen. As Case has two bad games in a row, I think that that Haskins is going to come in. 
And the guy that I'm looking at uh, alongside Doxon to show out is going to be his good buddy, Terry McLaurin, that came from Ohio State with him. And they already had that college connection. So you bring somebody like that, some, a duo like that into the NFL. I mean, look at, uh, what was it, C.J. Beathard and George Kittle. When Garoppolo got hurt, they had that college experience, and they, that was, that was the, the, the duo. Beathard actually had some decent games because of Kittle. Not saying that yeah. uh, Terry hey, McLaurin. Mullins, actually, Mullins made, uh, made Kittle even better than that. It is true. But the numbers went up. The facts, I know you Mullins, Mullins, big, that he was, I, he was, I called him Big Dick Nick before I called Nick Foles Big Dick Nick. You just gained some respect for me then. All right, cool. We're, 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 <laughs> we got to get him. You got to call him. We're going to get him on the show. We're going to talk it out. <laughs> um, but Terry McLaurin, he's got a little bit of, uh, he's got a little bit of, of college coming into the NFL with him. And normally that, that can help out a lot with a, you know, first time quarterback, but he's a pocket guy. We haven't seen a very effective pocket guy since the league started evolving more in, you know, for the rookies into the scrambling and running. So it's going to be cool to see that. But I think that the Redskins could be sneaky this year. And so with that, I have to go ahead and back it. I think that Haskins ends the year, not Keenum. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really – I'm indifferent on this team. I, they're going to run the ball a lot. They're going to try to control – I'm not saying power. go draft Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know who ends up QB there, honestly. He's got to watch. Yeah. He's definitely got to watch. And he's another guy I have high hopes for. Those are our opinions. Wasn't it Stephen A that uh, said he was a, a running QB or something? Uh, Stephen A says all kinds of fucked up shit. He just needs to stick to basketball. I think he said he was like a like a Michael Vick type QB or something. I can't remember wow. what it was, but he's that's, a yeah, you know, he's a pocket passer. So that sounds like a Stephen A. quote for yeah. football. What yeah. you talk about Hunter Henry? He's basically made Hunter Henry sound like he played the whole year and he didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stephen A. Stick to basketball. <laughs> We're gonna have Stephen A. on one day. We're gonna tell him that. We're gonna tell him stay off the the football instead of the weed. <laughs> that's been the quarterback uh, episode though drew it's it's fucking great to have you on board man uh you're gonna you guys are gonna be hearing a lot more of drew in the future um lots more to come next week we're wrapping up the positional episodes with the wide receiver episode which we teased a little bit tonight and we are going to be continuing talking about these topics so if you haven't listened to all the positional episodes yet you can go back two weeks from now um Running back episodes done. Tight end episodes done. This has been the quarterback episode. And uh, we got lots more coming for you next week. Uh, GGFS Pro League is starting to really take shape. We're going to be announcing who's playing in the league soon. So keep an eye out on Twitter, you know, to, where to follow me at, at Garage Guy Chase. Follow Garage Guy Sports, um, at Garage Guy Sports. And, uh, Drew, where can they follow you at, man? Because we're going to have to get the, the, the followers rolling in from the Garage fam. Yeah, I think I'm that standard guy that just has my name in there. Um, I think it's just at Drew Dean, and my name it has two E's in there. So it's D-E-E-N instead of D-E-A-N. It's a common mistake. but There we go. Not, um, like, a, not like a dean at a school or a college. Okay, guys, this, this is Dean. Yeah. Right, dean, right. Dean, like it sounds. <laughs> so at Drew Dean, get yeah. that. Go follow the guy. Uh, it's been fucking great. Wrapping up, go have a fucking week, guys. I'm about to go watch the end of Stranger Things now, and I will text you, Drew, and I'll let you know what I thought. Sounds good. And one more thing before we go, uh, Nathan Peterman. 
is the is the goat. So that's what I had to say to walk it off. Here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right, we're out. Sports party. Repeat. <laughs> <laughs>